Hello, friend. Welcome to the Whole Word Podcast. This is Pastor Pitts Evans. On this podcast, we read and discuss one chapter of God's Word per episode. Let's go now to the Bible and see what the Lord has for us today. Ephesians chapter 6. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise, that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy long life on the earth. Fathers, do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. Slaves, obey your earthly masters with respect and fear and with sincerity of heart, just as you would obey Christ. Obey them not only to win their favor when their eye is on you, but like slaves of Christ, doing the will of God from your heart. Serve wholeheartedly, as if you were serving the Lord, not men, because you know that the Lord will reward everyone for whatever good he does, whether he is a slave or free. And masters, treat your slaves in the same way. Do not threaten them, since you know that he who is both their master and yours is in heaven, and there's no favoritism with him. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything to stand, stand firm then, with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all of this, take up the shield of faith, with which you can extinguish all of the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert, and always keep on praying for all of the saints. Pray also for me, that whenever I open my mouth, words may be given to me, so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it fearlessly as I should." Tychicus, the dear brother and faithful servant in the Lord, will tell you everything so that you also may know how I am and what I am doing. I'm sending him to you for this very purpose, so that you may know how we are and that he may encourage you. Peace to the brothers and love with faith from God the Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace to all who love our Lord Jesus Christ with an undying love. In chapter 5, we were reading some household codes having to do with the relationships between husbands and wives. And in chapter 5, I made the point that these relationships between husbands and wives were intended by heaven to instruct us on how we should behave with the Lord. In other words, in learning how to relate to humans properly, we were also to be learning how to relate to the Lord properly. And so these household codes continue in this chapter. 
In chapter 6, verse 1, we read, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise, so that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy long life on the earth. And so Paul is making the point, of course, one of the Ten Commandments is honor your father and mother. And then he points out that it comes with a promise that if you honor your father and mother, it may go well with you and you will enjoy long life on the earth. And so um, those of you who have children, we are to instruct our children in the ways of righteousness. And one of the things that need to be imparted to children early on is that they should honor their parents. Obviously, parents are not always right. Parents make mistakes, but parents are always to be honored by their children. They're not to be maligned and harassed and slandered and so forth by their kids. And sometimes you hear children um, relating to their parents in a very unchristlike way. And Paul is explaining that in a Christian household, children should obey their parents. And he goes on to say, fathers do not exasperate your children. So Christian fathers, that's instruction to us. I am a father and a grandfather, and Paul instructs us not to exasperate our children, but rather to bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. You see, friends, the instruction of the children in the ways of God uh, is not relegated to the church and to pastors and to Sunday school. It's the first responsibility of the fathers and mothers in their own house to bring up their children in the ways of the Lord. And so as the father of the household, you are the priest of your own household. Uh, As the mother, you're also responsible for bringing up your kids in the ways of the Lord. And we will be uh, held accountable for how we imparted the things of God to our own children. Now, in verse 5 and following, Paul deals with the relationship between slaves and masters. I am originally from South Carolina, and I know for a fact that back in the time when slavery was legal and the question was raised whether it should be abolished, that some tried to put forward the idea that the Bible affirms slavery. The Bible does not affirm slavery. The Bible in Paul's day was dealing with the situation as it was. And so the situation in that day culturally was slaves existed. If slaves exist, how should they behave? If masters have slaves, how should Christian masters behave? This is the subject Paul is addressing. He's not endorsing slavery. He's saying this is the situation that exists, and here's how you should relate to one another. So verse 5, slaves, obey your earthly master with respect and fear and with sincerity of heart, just as you would obey Christ. Why? Why does Paul say this? Because in learning to submit with respect and sincerity and so forth, you can also be learning to submit to Christ. He goes on to say, obey them, not only to win their favor when their eye is on you, but as slaves of Christ, doing the will of God from your heart. Serve wholeheartedly as if you were serving the Lord, not people, because you know the Lord will reward each one for whatever good they do, whether they're slave or free. You see, friends, this life is not about this life. And yes, on this side of the grave, some hold positions of authority over others, Um, Sadly, in the world today, there are still slaves. There's still human trafficking and these kind of things. But Paul says that slavery is, uh, to the slave, it can be a way of learning the ways of how to relate to God. That if you would serve wholeheartedly, not as to people, but as if you were serving the Lord, then the Lord would reward you. I'm not suggesting that 
uh, those that are bound up in sex slavery and human trafficking should willingly submit to that. I'm saying that the slaves can learn the ways of submission to the Lord in the midst of their affliction. And so this is not an affirmation of slavery, that it's a good thing. It's an affirmation that this life is the training ground for what comes next. Equally for masters, in verse 9, Masters, treat your slaves in the same way. Do not threaten them, since you know that he who is both their master and yours is in heaven, and there's no favoritism with him. So in other words, on the other side of the grave, there are no slaves and masters. There is the Lord Jesus Christ, the King of kings, and him alone. He'll, he's an authority. And so all of us will be in submission to him in that great day. He goes on to talk about the armor of God. Paul writes, put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. And so we need the protection of God so we can stand against the wiles of the devil because we have these supernatural foes. Paul in verse 12 writes, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. You see, friends, we see human beings. We don't see these uh, spiritual rulers, authorities, and forces, but they are the ones that are really calling the shots on this planet. Yes, the human beings are the ones that we see with our natural eyes, but they're actually being manipulated by these rulers, authority, and powers of darkness. They're the real enemies, not the human beings. And so Paul writes that we've been given armor to protect us against these spiritual enemies. What is God's armor? Paul says, verse 14, stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist. What is this belt of truth? The word of God, the things of God protect you as a belt buckled around your waist. And it goes on with the breastplate of righteousness in place. In other words, if you're in a, re- a righteous relationship with God, having taken on the, uh, the righteousness of Jesus Christ, Paul compares that to a Roman breastplate that was intended to ward off arrows and sword strikes and these kind of things. So the righteousness of Christ is one of our protections against the rulers, authorities, and powers of darkness that we contend against, the spiritual forces of evil. In verse 15, he writes, with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. And so unlike sandals that were worn in Paul's day, he's making the analogy that everywhere we place our foot in the name of Jesus Christ, we're to be spreading the gospel of the kingdom, the gospel of peace. In verse 16, he writes, in addition to all of this, take up the shield of faith. And so faith operates as a shield, extinguishing the flaming arrows of of the devil, the enemy. Uh, that our faith in God is another level of protection, another measure of protection. Verse 17, take up the helmet of salvation. The helmet of salvation protects our minds and so forth. Uh, We're saved in Christ and we put on the mind of Christ. And so all of these things, honestly, if you're in right relationship with God, you have them. In addition to all of these defensive things, the belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness, the gospel of peace as fitted as sandals on your feet, the shield of faith, the helmet of salvation, we have an offensive weapon called the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. All of these represent individual aspects of a life committed to Jesus. If you're in right relationship with Jesus, you have these things, friends. If you're not in right relationship with Jesus, you can say you put them on as much as you want to, but they do you no good. It all comes down to a life committed to Jesus Christ. If you have that life in Christ, you have this protection, this heavenly armor, that Paul writes of, and you're protected from the authorities, 
powers and rulers and so forth, the evil forces that come against us. Lord, we pray that we would be committed to you in every aspect of our lives, that we would be cloaked in your righteousness and your salvation, your gospel of peace, your belt of truth. And Lord, we would be able to wield the sword of the Spirit, the Word of God, offensively taking back territory from the powers of darkness. We love you, Jesus. We commit our lives to you once again. Amen. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Whole Word. It was brought to you by Whole Word Fellowship and the Northern Virginia House of Prayer. If you were encouraged, please share our podcast with your friends. We'd also appreciate it if you'd hit subscribe in your favorite podcast app and take a few moments to write a review. If you'd like more information on our church and our ministry, you can go to wholeword.net or wholewordpodcast.com for more information. Thank you again, and may the Lord Jesus bless you today and always.